One of the really good guys finally takes that last exit from the radio business. Hey, and this is a deal you and I, we were never lucky enough to fall into this one. It's a media seller's dream. People don't even have to be watching TV to have their TVs receive an ad that the clients pay for. What a, what a dream come true. Wish, wish you and I had thought of that. And broadcasters have been consumed since Facebook came along with social media and having a big social media presence. But according to a Facebook study, apparently nobody gives a shit. I mean, nobody. <laughs> so, good morning. We are back with another episode of Media Insultant. I'm Jackson Weaver in the Pacific Northwest. And as you can tell by the attire, it's still cool and wet up here. However, in sunny Southern California, my co-host is Keith Samuels. Keith is enjoying nice 70-degree weather just back from the vacation, and no wonder he's smiling. No wonder he's smiling. That's right. It's, it's, it, you're, we're up to 90 degrees today in L.A., big guy, so it's yeah, summer is upon us. 65 today, so <laughs> yeah. good nice you. and cool. <laughs> we do this each Tuesday and Friday. We do Media Insultant each Tuesday and Friday both podcasting and the video version. So today we welcome you to the Tuesday, June 21st episode of Media Insulting. Okay, I got to admit, Keith, Juneteenth kind of caught me by surprise this year. And uh, first of all, I didn't okay. realize it was a federal holiday. Second... I didn't realize, I didn't know what to do. How do you celebrate it? So I'm going to pass on celebrating Juneteenth this year and hope that uh, it'll be socially acceptable to our audience that uh, we didn't celebrate it unless you did. Well, you know, it happened to fall on the same day as Father's Day. So, you know, so Monday, the 20th, which isn't, you know, that's just June 20th, but that's the federal holiday. So that's where, uh, you know, that's where... uh, uh, everybody gets the day off, but uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a double dip for uh, June nineteenth. It was Juneteenth, and it was also Father's Day, and so uh, you know, lots of information uh, out there in the media and online about uh, the meaning of Juneteenth, which uh, was you know I think uh, apparently you I paid no attention to any so of it. Maybe maybe I just didn't care. Yeah, well, you know that's because you you know you're you're you've got more <laughs> kids than I do, so I, you know I had my daughter celebrate me and uh, lovely card and some gifts and. And, you know, you've got a whole squad of, of, of kids and grandkids, so I'm sure uh, you were busy taking care of all that. But what's interesting is, is that today's show, the 21st, it's our summer solstice show. This is the longest right. day of the year. So I think we should make this the longest show of the year just to celebrate, you know, media insultant screaming into summer. So um, what's, what do you have well, lined up for us today? Let's start off. I don't know if this will be the longest show we've ever done, but... You know, if, if it runs that way, the fun thing about what you and I do is we shoot the shit about all things media, as you know. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether it's 10 minutes or 25 minutes, you know, whenever we get done with our outrageous ideas and opinions, then we move on. Okay, first thing. There you go. But you know what? Speaking of speaking of outrageous opinions, well, actually not outrageous. I want to thank again Brad Fur for being on yep. our show last week. Got lots of social media buzz. I mean, Brad's got some social media pals that were uh, were liking it all over the place all weekend long, and I even had some friends who, uh, who chimed in. So it was great to get that kind of feedback and and support for our interview with Brad and hear the story of K Gay and the Day Gay Desert Guide. All all part of our Pride Month celebration here at Media Insultant. 
but uh, it was a great show. We want to thank Brad for uh, for taking the time to be on Media Insultants. And I think we went pretty easy on him. I don't, we, we, not, we didn't insult him Not much him at all. Anyways. I will say one thing that Brad has uh, found, and I, I would encourage anybody who hasn't seen it to catch up on it, because Brad's really mm-hmm. got a great process going selling both his digital online mm-hmm. and his analog over-the-air radio and streaming radio. And he's making money with it, and he's he's doing a smart thing. So tune in, watch it. It's still posted on uh, the Media Insultant Showcase. It's the Brad Fur interview. All right, but the big deal this week is Jeff Smullyan, who owns uh, Emmis and has been, I don't know, he's been in the radio business since the early 80s. And I think this was included one of his first stations. He has uh, sold out the remaining Indianapolis stations to Urban One. And uh, he really was one of the good radio guys, as you and I both know. You know, people who liked, who worked for him really liked working for him. He was a great representative of the business. When there was a real drive to put FM radios in mobile phones, what they call it, first, first radio, next radio, something like that, uh, he got behind yeah, it and yeah. really put a lot of time and money into it, negotiating with the carriers. And ultimately, it didn't work very well because at the end of the day, the carrier said, who cares? Why would we care? Why would we take up space and power utilization on our phones for radios, particularly when we can, we can stream it? But he was a good guy, and he worked, he worked yep. really hard on it. And, and again, I, the deal is the big get bigger, Keith. Urban One now has, has taken over his share of the, of the market. And, you know, if you put mm-hmm. Urban One... And Emmis is combined together, they get a 34, almost a 35% share of the market. Yeah, that's a, that's a good deal for, I mean, it's a great, uh, great move by by uh, Urban One, Radio One, as it used to be called, and Alfred Liggins, to uh, to boost their share in, in Indy. Um, and I think, uh, you know, and I, you know, Jeff's been trying to sell these stations. This is Jeff Smullyan, who has owned and run uh, Emmis for years and you're right. Let me reiterate how how, how terrific Emmis was as a company. Um, I never worked for Emmis, but I, I I was a vendor to Emmis in one iteration of my life, and th- their people were fantastic. So not only was Jeff great, is great, he's still very much around, but but he hired great people and created kind of this culture of of let's you know Brad Fur talked about it. He was at Emmis Emmis Interactive for a while or a couple times. They were great people, you know. They, they hired well. They created a great supportive culture. You know, Jeff being out of the business, he still owns a couple of stations in New York. That I think he's it's an LMA situation with Good Karma uh, for the sports stations in New York, and I think he's got a um, uh, a gospel station still in New York that he's still trying to sell. Um, so he's not completely out of it. But you know what this means is is that the Emmis people are going to be now absorbed into Urban One in Indianapolis. Now, not all of them will get absorbed. So we're going, to, we're going to see some job losses. We're going to see cutbacks at MS Corporate because this is where their corporate office is, along with their radio station cluster. We're, we have yet to see the fallout from this from a personnel standpoint. And you know where that, that's, that's you know, what I that's you what know, your geek is on so much. You know, it came out that, that they sold these stations for $25 million in Indianapolis. Was that a good deal for Urban One? Or did Jeff make a great deal? What's your take on on what on getting twenty five million finally for these stations? Well, in Indianapolis? Got, you know, back of the envelope kind of calculation. I think uh, Urban uh, just got an incredible deal. You know, if if, if you just mm-hmm. go and assume that it's about a sixty five million dollar market, 
and Jeff was getting about a mm-hmm. 25% share. So assume it's linear, there's no power ratio that goes over one. Right. Uh, that's about 16 million and they ought to be able to cash flow at 30%, maybe 5 million. So we probably got the stations for five to six times cash flow. That's a good deal for mature stations in, in a mature market. Mm. And so, you know, as we said, you know, we, we're, we're now in a situation where they've got 34% of the market. Cumulus is behind them with 27%. So you have two groups controlling 62% of the radio audience. Yeah, exactly. And probably controlling more than that of the billing because of the way packaging is done. So I think it's a great deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think Jeff, I, I, th- I don't know this, but I think what Jeff did is Jeff said, look, I got to sell to somebody. Cumulus isn't a buyer. Uh, Urban One came to him and said, you know, this makes sense. There isn't anybody else to sell to. This is why we are seeing these. This is why that deal we talked about where Gordon's lot sold his two stations in Santa Rosa to Lawrence Amaturo and his group. Because there's no Mm -hmm. other buyers. You know, if you don't sell it locally, nobody wants to come in and start all over again. Yeah, yeah. Well, this makes sense. And and but you know, here Jeff only had. You're right. Two choices. It was either sell to Cumulus or sell to Urban One. No, nobody else wants to come in and fight this fight. Apparently, although, you know, hey, that's a great cluster. This is not just selling a couple of stations. This is a great, solid, well-performing cluster, and has been traditionally for years. I am kind of surprised that somebody from the outside didn't decide to pick up Indy as a market. But again, who would that well, be? And, I guess and then, you, you know, know, there's just no money. Uh, there's just no money, and particularly with interest rates mm-hmm. beginning to go the way they're going now, it was one thing when interest rates were two or three percent. With interest rates now, you know, double and triple that, and you know, everything's tied to to prime. People are going to start paying. It's going to be like in the '70s. It's going to start paying 10, 12, 15 percent interest. Mm-hmm. That didn't make any sense. So, yeah, no, no, Jeff, we're no. going to miss you. That's all I can uh, say. And and you had an interesting comment. You said, you know, the cumulus market manager is where Cincinnati. Yeah. So the so the the guy that runs Cumulus uh, Indianapolis actually lives in Cincinnati. He was an ex. I think he was an ex iHeart guy in Cincinnati or Clear Channel even before that, but but has never moved to, to Indy to run the Cumulus cluster. Now, that's a, that's a strong, as you pointed out, that's a strong cluster, you know. So to, to, to do that on a commuter basis, I mean, it's not that far, but still, you'd think you'd want a market manager that actually lives in the freaking market, you know, and particularly a market the size and, and as vibrant as, as yeah. Indianapolis. I, you know, it's, this has gone on for more than a couple of years. So this is not like, you know, hey, I'll think about it. I'll let me sell my house. Let me No, this guy's made a commitment to stay in Cincinnati and not and not move to Indy. And apparently Cumulus uh, is okay with uh, it. You know Cumulus does, is okay does, with does it. For he, now. Does he so run Cincy we'll Station? So they have Cincy stations? Uh, he does not run <laughs> Cincinnati. So he's not a dual market manager. All right. Well last week we talked about the fraud in digital media. Uh, Bob Hoffman had highlighted right. that uh, fraud, according to the, what is it, the uh, Association of go. National Advertisers, the Thank ANA. You. Yeah, the ANA. They, they had posted uh, an article about some research that had been done that showed that fraud in digital advertising was in excess of $120 billion a year. Now, digital does about $400 billion a year. So 120 billion in fraud is what about a third? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like oh my well, god, a billion here, it's crazy. a billion there. You know, at, at this, we've become immune to this kind of stuff. 
And, and you know, that's, that's the point. You know, the thing yeah. that was also revealed last week is uh, we now hear that CTV, now CTV are connected TVs, the dongles like Chrome or uh, Fire from Amazon or your PlayStation, Roku, Roku. right? These are connected TVs, yeah. CTV they call it. They have charged more than a billion dollars in ads that ran when the televisions were off. And as we joked when we started the show, kind of a great deal. Hey, I'll sell you ads that no one will ever see, but I'll still charge you for them. Hey, I was running the ads during the content that I was streaming to connected TVs. It's not my problem that they didn't have the TV on. I ran the ad, so you're paying for the ad, Jackson. You know, I ran it. Okay, I ran it in the you know the uh, replay of uh, you know the rerun of Mayberry RFD. Just because you didn't, you know, you know, uh, Sue didn't have the TV on. Well, pfft, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's it's they're talking about how the, t- the technology. This is OTT slash CTV. This is TV that you Correct. stream. You know, it's all the Plutos and the you know whatever. All those you know those those fifteen or sixteen different networks you've got on your Roku screen that you never go down and watch, but you they're there. And uh, because you're going to Facebook, Amazon Prime, and whatever else, Disney Plus. Um, but it's crazy. These are these free Connect TV networks, and there are, they're pro- proliferating for sure. And they're selling the shit out of it because, hey, everybody's watching the CTV stuff, right? Well, apparently, they're, they're kind of overselling it a little bit. And, 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 and you know what? Just like with the $120 billion in fraud from the ANA, it's that... Is, Nobody does anybody cares. really this care? Is the, this is the stunning thing. There's no, there's no uproar. Nobody cares. You know? And I'm, I'm going to quote uh, our friend Bob Hoffman, who is a, uh, a blog weasel. He calls himself a blog weasel for the ad contrarian. And he gets a note from an right. ad buddy of his who had moved from the uh, advertising side to the brand side. And it, i, I got to quote it here. Let me, yeah. let me pull it up here on my iPad because cool. it, it just says it all. He says, okay, now I'm on the client side. I've noticed something. It's in nobody's interest in the mm-hmm. digital ad numbers for them to be true as long as they're good. Whether that's reach, engagement, or whatever the idiotic measure they use. <laughs> the client wants to see numbers go up every month regardless of the value or whether it's true, he said. Some of the media planners and buyers have the same feeling. Ditto for the account team and the creative guys. No one will question the efficacy of the numbers because they love showing the CEO. And here he's right. CEOs know nothing about marketing. They think they do, but they know very little about marketing. He shows the CEO that we gained X number of followers, reached an additional Y number of people, etc., etc. Everybody, he says, in this note to Bob Hoffman, is on the con. None of the involved parties want anyone to examine the numbers as long as they're good. No one. Pathetic is his comment. Kind of a Wizard of Oz, isn't it? You know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. It's just crazy, Keith. And, I, you know, I, I don't know how they, they address this. You know, all of the dongle manufacturers or all the CTVs are scrambling to, oh, God, well, we got to change some code. But how do you trust that they've ever changed it? How do you trust any of the numbers now? And it just... Well, well, it's, it's, it, it's really worse than this, this running, running spots that aren't seen because they're they're you know the TV isn't on i guess the OTT technology for you know foundation is ripe for fraud so there's a lot more fraud and it's easier to to pull off a fraud and that is ads for no viewers in in connected TV than it is yeah. even in digital 
So if, if digital is bad, we're 30% of digital if, at least. Bob, Bob's done the math. He says up to 95% of your digital dollar spend does not go to a digital ad. You know, it's ripped off by fraud and, and uh, middlemen fees and so forth. But CTV is, is worse. And I mean, it's a cesspool of fraud and, and all of that stuff. So it's like, as long as we're showing when the impressions are good, we're doing great. We got more people watching our content than ever. And, you know, it, it, everybody loves it. So no one wants to look behind the curtain. You're exactly right. There's no Toto pulling back the curtain other than Bob Hoffman and, and Dr. Frau, Augustine Frau, and others that are out there just going, guys, 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 it's, it, this is, this is a, there's a lot. This isn't, this Here's isn't the real. Thing that... It comes back to me, to me, and I look back at all of the stuff that, that people in traditional media, television or radio, were doing in reselling digital via reselling Google, reselling Facebook, uh, Instagram, you know, SEO, uh, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and we're, our, our brethren are as much part of the fraud as the digital guys are. So it's like, you know, we're not doing the same thing. We're, 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 just, we're just ad reps for this stuff. And, uh, and, and, and we, we, you know, whoa, well, hey, listen, you know, your, your impressions were up 33%. Look at your dashboard. It's like, uh, yeah, but if, if, if it's all fraudulent or a lot of fraud in it, we're just as, we're complicit as much as the guys well, selling it. that's a good it. point. I, I think, you know, it's interesting because we've talked about this a little offline, the, the proliferation of the CTV channels, Pluto and, and, you know, the list goes on and on. And the question is, well, are they making any money? Well, if they're make if nobody's watching but they can still charge they're making money what a, what a great. great deal all right well one <laughs> final point while we're talking about this social media and, and the digital platforms a facebook study released last week finds no correlation between social media the reach of social media and a radio station or a television station's audience and i don't know about you but I, i've been involved with stations where they just they're just climbing over the walls. Oh, we got to have three Facebook posts a day. We got to make sure we get Pinterest done. We've got mm-hmm. this done. And so you've got entire departments, entire, well, not departments, but two or three people who are focused on posting all of this crap on Facebook. And Facebook's own research mm-hmm. says, doesn't matter. In fact, they had an example of, they were talking about, I think, top 20 uh, postings and reach. And, and they had one, two radio stations, and one in particular in Memphis, which is KWKN. No, KWNW. Horrible call letters. Uh, but they posted a series of open-end questions. And I don't know what the questions were. It doesn't matter. But they were looking for interaction. They wanted somebody to come in and say, you know, here's my opinion. It was seen by 92 million people. It was shared 303,000 times. Nothing in the post, nothing was tied in to the radio station at all. So my question is, well, then why are you doing this? This is the equivalent of, you know, shouting into the darkness. It's, there's, there's nobody there and it doesn't matter. Keith, what's your read on this? Right. A couple of things. One is they're doing it because they're, they're fearful that if they stopped Something will, something will stop happening. Like people will stop listening to their station. So they're afraid to do that. So they're, and they're addicted to it. And if you hire people that are your social media managers or social media, you know, digital content developer, you know, all these stations have all these people doing that. If you hire people for those jobs, guess what? They're going to save their jobs by cranking the shit out of 
you know, Facebook postings and Twitter feeds, YouTube videos, uh, Instagram, and all that stuff. Because that's that that's the only way they keep their job. Is look how many I did. Look at look at how many views. Look how many people follow us. Look at all that stuff. They're justifying something that in the end doesn't really make any bit of a difference at all when it comes to driving listenership to the radio station, which is where they're going to. No, make I will say, and they'll, and they'll never they'll never have enough followers and never have enough likes. To drive a digital no. budget. No. So, you know, it's kind of like... There is something to be said for a couple of things. First of all, if you've got a, a station promotion or a client promotion, Facebook can be a pretty good platform. The problem is, is that you're, you're preaching to the choir because the people following you on Facebook are the people who are already listening and loyal to the radio station. There's, there's very little expansion beyond that. As you said, you know, they they have to justify their existence. Everybody has to feel they have a presence. Where else could I be? And some of the smart operators, yeah, you know, notably, yeah. I think uh, Saga in this case, doesn't do a lot with digital. And, you know, they stick to their knitting. They just are sticking to radio. So, right. all right, well, listen, we've done it again. We have gone long. We're way over our time limit. So we got to get out of here. But... We will be back on Friday. Media Insultant drops new shows each Tuesday and Friday, all on all on all the podcasting platforms. Video is at Vimeo under the Media Insultant Showcase, and we're a production of Intown Media, which is an interim broadcast management company. Comments anytime at Jackson at Intown Media. Media Insultant will be back Friday. Keith, on Friday, let's talk about this uh, latest drama that we predicted here on Media Insultant. We predicted would occur between Cox and SBS when they uh, bought those stations in Florida. Let's talk about that. So, okay. I'll see you then. We'll be ready. See you then, buddy. Take care.